welcome to another episode of the Rental Journal Podcast, a podcast dedicated to the equipment rental industry. I'm your host, Mark Simonson, and today this podcast episode is sponsored by Big Rents. Big Rents is an online equipment rental company with the largest equipment supply network in the US with 4,000 rental partners and 10,000 locations. They simplify the procurement and logistics challenges of renting construction equipment and are leading the online equipment rental industry by providing a seamless experience for both customers and equipment suppliers. Find out how big rents can help increase the rental revenue and utilization today of your rental business. Today's guest is Caleb Yell. Caleb is the CEO of Rental Hosting, a company that is helping transition the equipment rental industry into the digital age by helping redevelop websites and provide integrations with their rental software. Caleb, thank you for coming on the Rental Podcast. To kick things off, can you talk to me about how you got into the equipment rental industry? Yeah, of course. It's a little bit of a long winding road, uh, I'll say, but uh, I, I'll fast forward and spare people with all the details that go into it. But uh, I, I was in medical sales previously, and uh, and this was probably 15 years ago. And then um, about 10 years ago, really found this passion. I've always been that guy who wants to take things apart and fix things and uh, see how things work. And software uh, was, was something that was brought to me through a mutual friend. And um, I started doing software sales for an accounts uh, payable and receivables company out of Denver, Colorado, and um, learned a lot of things. I mean, it was a startup. And so I wore a lot of different hats. And that was probably what set me up for a lot of successes that I've had today. And then uh, getting into rental itself was actually, um, I, I, I took a job at Point of Rental. Um, you know, it was uh, a, an exciting venture, and I still am partnered with Point of Rental today. So it's uh, an ongoing relationship. So, um, you know, I really haven't looked back from since I've been in rental. And I was just really, really enamored with the ins and outs. And coming from my background, like I alluded to with taking things apart and figuring out how things work, there are so many moving parts in rental, right? So it's it was this awe-inspiring. Uh, I learned something after every call and it's not the same monotonous conversation, especially when I was more in the sales realm previously. So man, I have just loved this community and uh, will do anything to help this community. It's It's been fantastic. Wow, nice. And so I guess, like what was the transition then? Because obviously you you uh, were associated with Point of Rental and then you went to and went with rental hosting. Like how did that, like talk, maybe talk me through the history where you sort of jumped through the different roles and how you ended up at rental hosting? Yeah, I mean, I, I took um, some some opportunities within Point of Rental to help uh, really kind of lead some of the sales efforts with their cloud-based product called Essentials and um, learned more about uh, the development side, releases, and there are so many things that go into software um, that I had to learn. And I, I you know, I transition that into being able to train other uh, sales reps into to selling essentials and, and kind of laying out some processes there. And um, I actually was afforded an opportunity to uh, manage a, a sales team um, after that uh, through another company. And um, I actually uh, took that opportunity. It was a really, uh, uh, to me, it, w- it made a lot of sense at the time. And um, this isn't a slide at, at that company that I worked for that, that did managing for, but I missed rental. I received a phone call from uh, Andre, who uh, has really led the organization of rental hosting extremely well over the past 14, 15 years that we've been around. And, you know, I, I, 
I didn't even think twice. I mean, I, I had such a great conversation. It was great to be able to have those, um, you know, uh, kind of relational points that we had had. And, and it just felt like we never left off. You know, I, I had some good feelings with Andre in the past and uh, he's always been the website provider for all of Point of Rentals websites for, for those who don't know. And I, uh, I just really jumped at that opportunity. And he said, you know, I, I really need some help on the sales side and I need to, to, to help restructure and I need to, to be able to, to groom someone to kind of take over uh, at, at some point. And so that's where it all began. And uh, I have uh, embraced that role. And as of January of this year, I, uh, I, I took, or uh, sorry, of 2020, um, I uh, took the, the role as, as the CEO of rental hosting. So uh, it's been a, a, quite the shift and I'm sure there will be some follow-up questions on what that experience has been like possibly, but uh, it's, it, it's, it's, it, it's been a journey for sure. Well, it's an it's a amazing achievement as well. I guess if you look back at sort of where you've come from and where you are today, I think just looking at your career and like your dedication to the equipment rental industry as well, I think it's a big testament as well. And I think that also gains a lot of respect for people when you do work with them. So I, I guess like maybe Can I the- Can real quick? Yeah, sure. One thing that I will add too is, is community. Like I said earlier on the rental community, I mean, that's, these people are family. And, uh, and that's how I felt when I spoke with Andre and, and then got to be able to, to meet up with some old cronies, if you will, from a point of rental and, and talk through uh, deals and, and all of that. And, and uh, it just, it feels right. And I've just had so much fun with the opportunity and uh, it's, it's great to be back. Yeah, so it'd be great to, to give the listeners an idea uh, to break it down simply like what is rental hosting and like what is the services that you actually offer? Yeah, good. Um, I appreciate the opportunity and the platform here. So rental hosting is the exclusive website provider for point of rentals customers to really have a website presence and a digital presence. So tying in and integrating their, their point of rental data and their inventory into a website. So this gives them the opportunity to show uh, their item images, their uh, specs, their um, pricing, availability, all of that uh, within their website based on point of rental software, uh, but then also work towards getting digital quotes. So one of the biggest nuances that I think we solve right out of the box. There's actually two, but the, the most prominent one is you don't have to go and update the point of rental data and then update the website. They actually are integrated to where when I make an, an update or I change something within point of rental, I can push that update directly into uh, the website as well. And so, you know, that's been our bread and butter for a long time. And, you know, I think We've, we've managed to, to evolve that um, in the past 15 years under Andre's uh, uh, tutelage, if you will. Um, and uh, I, I think that um, I, a couple of other things that we do provide are uh, customer portals. So giving the customer an ability to log in, view contract, uh, contract history and, and items that are out on rent and integration with a map to where you can see where that equipment is. Uh, as well, even pay through the customer portal. So a customer can go in and see those transactions or, or those invoices and pay those. Um, and then lastly is uh, we do allow for web payments. So enabling a customer to uh, receive payment through an invoice uh, through point of rental, by the way. So let's take a quick step back. A point of rental quota reservation goes out through their software and then we're automating a link and a landing page for those customers to click and, and pay uh, once they have their 
uh, damage waiver signs, their credit card, all those other moving parts that we know rental has uh, before saying, hey, it's a reservation, you're good to go. Um, so uh, those, that's really kind of been our, our bread and butter at this point. And so I guess a question that some of the listeners might have is if I've already got an existing website that isn't integrated with any third-party systems, like how does rental hosting then fit into that picture? Are you helping redesign the look and feel of the entire website or is it purely just about adding a link to the existing website? Like maybe just elaborate on that a little bit. Great question. Yeah. So we have a few different integrations. So one of those is uh, us building a website from scratch, probably more of what I just spoke about. So we help the vision and we're hand-coded so you know, we can uh, customize the websites to a customer's liking um, and, and integrate it with point of rental. But there are some times where customers have already invested a heavy load or budget within a website. And so we wanted to make sure that we're still accommodating and still servicing those customers. And, and so we do enable, let's just say, everyone knows that a, a general layout of a website is, you know, contact us and, and uh, locations and, uh, you know, home and all of that. And um, so we could add a tab that says rentals or, or something to that effect, whatever verbiage you'd like to use. And uh, then through a subdomain would host that point of rental data, all of the inventory and drive those quote requests for a, a, a customer to be able to submit those. And those go directly into point of rental, by the way. So that's the second layer that I was going to come back to is not only do we help with the the inventory side and updating that on the website, but we also push the quotes directly into point of rental, which is a huge time saver for folks. But um, another option that we recently launched was uh, for our WordPress customers. Um, so we, we now have a WordPress plugin. So if, if we have customers that are on uh, that platform, we, we now have a, a simple plugin that's uh, relatively easy to deploy uh, and, and gives immediate impact. Uh, same process, um, it can be stored and everything's on the same domain. Um, so your normal uh, website domain, which is a, a nice thing for uh, so many different reasons, but one of those being SEO. Um, and then uh, lastly, we do have an API option and it's, it's a buzzword for, for API. Uh, and and uh, let me be, be clear on this part, it's a catalog API. So it's pulling in the inventory components and data uh, within the website. Um, and typically for a pretty evolved rental business, that has a website or developers on staff that want to really customize their own solution to their own branding and liking. Um, so we do provide that API as well. Yeah, I think this is like a really good talking point because like an example I always use is if I wanted to rent a hire car and basically was planning it and I went online and found that I couldn't rent it from a certain company, I just wouldn't rent it from them. I would go to the next rental place. Like, I think almost everyone has been in the scenario where they've always rented something like a, a rental car online from an airport or something like that. And I think the equipment rental industry is sort of still behind where if I need to rent a jackhammer or I need to rent a certain tool that like I'll accept that I can't do it online. And so I think that once the industry changes over and switches, I think it's going to really add another dynamic to both the customer service uh, and also the revenues for those businesses as well. I couldn't agree with you more. And I, I think that rental as a whole has been a little slower to adopt technology at times. And that's no fault of their own. And, and it's, it's more of a, the, the most common thing that I hear is I don't want to lose the relational aspect. I don't want 
technology to take away from me building relationships with customers. And that's one of the biggest stigmas that I think we're having to combat in the digital space. And to kind of give some illumination around why we're not taking away the relational aspect is that, you know, today we're really only doing quote requests and, you know, sure we can sell consumables and all that, but the bread and butter of rental hosting is not only just in the name, but it's, it's rental. And the quote requests are simply there to start the process and automate it. It gives you an employee, if you will, a digital employee for 24 seven access. So you now can get an email, your team can, and again, you can work on that relational aspect because let's face it, you get a knucklehead like me who thinks, hey, I'm going to do a home renovation project and I'm going to rent this heavy equipment to rip some sod out. It, it, that's, that's not going to go well and I'm not going to know what to rent. And so it still allows the customer to get the quote, get some skin in the game with either uh, an e-signature, a payment, whatever the next step in that process for the customer or for, for the business would be. Um, to solidify that rental, because you're right, there's a lot of people out there um, in our industry and, and rental specifically that uh, are have been a little slow to adopt it. And, and I think that if they would take that leap of faith, they would yield high results because if you're not easy to do business with, you're, you're 100% right. I, they're going to go somewhere else. And, and it's just, it's the unfortunate nature of, of kind of where we're at today. And I think March of 2020 changed a lot of people's worlds. Uh, and I don't say that lightly. I just mean in the digital space, I cannot remember who says it was in the, in the ARA magazine and I apologize, but uh, I read in, in the, um, the Pulse or the rental magazine, a, a guy who said that instead of e-commerce, big buzzword right now, I'm sure we'll touch upon that in a moment, but as a whole is um, what was like a five-year plan. So everyone was thinking, you know, that, that would be a really nice thing to have. We should work towards doing that. Well, that really got short cycled to probably a 12 month plan. So now all the development behind this is, is really moving very quickly. And uh, there's, you know, tons of uh, attention around it and rightfully so it's such an important element. And, um, you know, I, I think that you, you hit the nail on the head by saying uh, it's, it's been a little bit of a slow adoption for some and that, it's really important to have, uh, and I couldn't agree with you more. Uh, it's one of the most prideful moments that I have is hearing from customers that say, gosh, you know, I mean, now that I have quote requests, I don't have to be on the phone as much. I'm not having to, to jump through hoops just to try to solidify rentals um, or, or contracts. And, and that's, that's what I do. That's, that's what I love. When I think about the industry, like with customers, when they want to rent something, they'll be talking to two, three, four, five different rental companies. And sometimes they just want whoever can provide the fastest quote for what they need so they can get their job done. Because in the end, they're passing on that cost to their customer as well a lot of the times. So if you can provide that quote faster, I'm assuming the conversion rate for your quotes is also going to go up as well. And I think that's a really oh, yeah. simple metric. Yeah, I completely agree with you. The last time that um, I did a little bit of a a reach to, or, or kind of a, a case study around that, it was in the 90% range that it converted from red or from quote to reservation. So it's rather high. I mean, it's, it, and, and then if you don't have it, I don't know what that number would be because I'm not really, uh, it's not my bread and butter and, and I don't want to just throw out data, but uh, I, I definitely don't think it's 90% or above. Yeah. Well, like it's not only what the conversion rate is, it's like the, the, the quote could be anywhere. It could be on a piece oh, of paper and, yep. and, and nobody knows where it is. And that means that like you have no traceability now. 
Uh, and so the moment that you've got that from that starting point, or maybe let's call it the cradle to grave of the rental contract, really, if we call it like that, we've got a lot better visibility, a lot better control, and a lot better processes to train our new sales staff as well. I completely agree with that. Yeah. And I, uh, I think that's uh, an element that probably doesn't get spoke about enough. So I appreciate you bringing that up. It's uh, so true. I mean, look, if you can digitalize that experience completely from paper to software and all of that, um, then, then I think you're uh, even more ahead of the game. So what about things like rental rates online? Has that come up much at all? Like have you, have customers allowed, cause this has been a bit of a touching point in certain companies. Oh yeah, a- it is. Being able to, publish their rental rates online for people to see maybe maybe retail rates is that is that something that you do offer sometimes yeah absolutely so we actually toggle that on and off for customers because like you said a little bit of a touchy subject for some uh, people don't like getting shopped and and we want to adhere to hey we we understand that and and be empathetic towards that uh, perspective and there's nothing wrong with that perspective by the way uh, but we can also turn it on um, so if you're looking to give your customers clarity around pricing and general estimates, then um, yes, I mean, we've, we've made a focused effort to be able to give customers, hey, do you want to show pricing or not? Um, and and uh, make sure that we're allowing them to operate uh, to the best of, of what they want to, to kind of, I guess I should say this differently, to be able to operate efficiently for their own visions, because I don't want to be the one who tells somebody how to do business online. Um, I want to give them options. People that are moving from a certain point of where they are in their technology evolution, if they get told something, typically they're always going to be pushing back as well. Like they need to have their own journey, their own vision, and feel like they're in control as well. So I think that's a really good point around helping companies and not forcing them down a certain route as well. I've definitely had that experience. And I also am one of those people. I don't like being told to to do something. It is an evolutionary thing, right? (laughs) The other thing that just came to my mind as well is like maybe if you want to call it the, I can't remember which company told me this, but they they had a a term changing of the guard and the changing of the guard was basically the next generation that was coming through the business. So let's just put it simply, imagine turning up and uh, just finishing college and then getting put in front of a counter and having to use a green screen as your operational system. Like you'd be like, what am I using? Is this like like RoboCop technology, like what, like right. what's going on here? And like those sort of people, those 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 um, millennials are used to apps and fast things and things that are on the internet and quickly doing things. And if they get told that everything needs to be on paper, then their their expectation of what they're going to be using is going to be changing as well. So I think it's not only the COVID side; it's not only what the customers expect; it's not only what how the, the company wants to go digital, but it's also their new employees are going to be coming into the business over the next five to 10 years as well. Yeah. I, look, I, I agree, man. I, and, and I think automation is your best friend, but it's also, uh, it could, it could be your worst enemy, right? So how far do you take automation? And so I guess if like, let's just say that I am somebody that doesn't have a website currently and I'm engaging with yourself in maybe potentially building a website from scratch and then obviously building these integration points of point of rental uh, along the way. Like what is the typical process like to get something built? Like how do you engage? Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, typically, and, and are you saying kind of on the process itself or, or do you want timeframes uh, kind of as well? What, what are I, you kind I, of- uh... I, think, I think both would be great. 
Good. Yeah, no problem. So, you know, rental hosting, um, you know, typically is based on the data from point of rental, as I, I've mentioned. And, and I think that the, the first thing out of the gate and one of the biggest advice points that we give customers is to make sure that the data is clean. Um, I had a, a mentor in the past that always said garbage in, garbage out, right? So I can't do anything with a bunch of uh, image or excuse me, uh, inventory that doesn't have, let's say images. And the reason why I bring this up is, you know, if you don't have an image within point of rental for that inventory item, it's, it's not going to show up on the website. And now it's got a no image available. And that, that can really take away from the productivity of the website and the tool um, to help drive quotes. And so it's really important to have data structured correctly uh, within point of rental and clean um, so that customers know what you have, what it looks like. It's almost that look, taste, feel, right? You've got to be able to have a customer and that customer experience so that they want to do business with you. And I don't know about you, but if I went to a website and it said no image available, I probably wouldn't feel comfortable submitting a quote request. So one of the biggest components of this process is to have clean data. Uh, Point of Rental helps with that. Again, they're one of our uh, biggest partners today. And, and so, you know, to, to utilize their expertise and also my project management team's expertise on, hey, so do you want, because uh, Point of Rental is each software, this isn't a Point of Rental thing necessarily, but each software has their own categories and super categories. And there are so many different ways that you can structure your data, right? And so it's important to have that vision with Point of Rental and Rental Hosting so we align um, and communicate around that. So that's one thing. And then uh, really the process is to, to then identify what the vision is for the customer. So once the data part's kind of done, um, what, what are the goals and, and what's the experience that you want a customer to have? You know, I think sometimes um, we, we can definitely assist and, and help people with saying, hey, here's what we think you should do. But again, I don't like telling people what I think the website should look like. You know, I think that's uh, an important shift that we're working on through 2020 and, and 2021 is uh, being able to provide uh, way more options than ever thought uh, when it comes to themes and uh, all that good stuff. So, um, and then typically, you know, this process alone, and depending on the data side, if a customer is ready to move and the data is clean, I mean, it's not uncommon to be able to push a website out um, that we would build from scratch within about six to eight weeks. Um, so it's, it's, it, it moves fairly quickly. And, and um, you know, I, I think I'm over inflating that a little, but, you know, there have been some instances where it's been three to four weeks although those have been a handful versus the majority, but it can move quickly. I mean, to think about coming from a zero web presence to a full-fledged integrated inventory system uh, with, with uh, you know, a, a website that's front-facing and customer-facing uh, within six to eight weeks, it's, it's a pretty good feat. Um, so, you know, there is variability in there, uh, and, and, and I'm sure that that makes sense to most, but that's, that's typically what we see. Yeah, that's good. And I guess like that's a good talking point for the next question around coming from nothing. So if if I am a business owner and I am coming from nothing, like what elements of my website should I be focusing on first? Like what, what is the core that I should be trying to achieve? Yeah, I think it's you need to know and and I mean everyone typically does know this, but it needs to be communicated what the featured items need to be and really what that layout needs to be. But 
I got to tell you, you know, the, the design and, and all of that, um, that can all be tweaked and that can all be manipulated. I, if I'm a customer and I'm evaluating going from zero to, to a, a strong web presence, I mean, there's, there's a few things that come to mind more than design, right? And one of those is performance. Um, we all know we've been on a, on a website that is a little sluggish or has some latency on it and, and it deters us from doing business with that company. And so performance should be a really high priority, if not number one, when it comes to establishing that website presence, because there's some latency, people are going elsewhere. They don't want to sit there and wait for pages to load. It, again, it comes back to that being easy to do business with. The, the second part is being integrated with um, a software company um, and with your inventory management. If that's not integrated, you're really having to do things in multiple areas. So it's, it's not just getting a quote online. Anybody can get an email quote, but it needs to go into the software and it needs to take that next step. Um, and then um, additionally, how far do you want to walk down that process and that path? Do you want to solidify it as a reservation? Do you want to keep it as a, as a quote? Um, is this a pickup item? Is this a delivery item? Uh, there, there are so many things that you need to make sure that are in place with your website provider to make sure they, they know the rental process. I mean, I've heard all too often of third-party boutique local companies that come in and look, they provide solid solutions. This isn't a knock on those guys, but they don't know rental. And that's a really big fundamental issue that we, we get into because I've, I, I dealt with one this week, uh, no joke, that is coming back to us at Rental Hosting because they, they got kind of enamored with a new uh, design, right? Oh, this is beautiful and I'd really like to, to go this route. And come to find out they didn't know rental and it was way more headache than, than what it was worth. So I think that that's uh, got some stock in, in, in what you should be looking for too. And um, scalability, uh, where's the company going? Look, uh, e-commerce and, and all of that are buzzwords and everybody's at their own place kind of with those, those items, but uh, everyone will get there. And, um, you know, it's, it's really important that now we listen to customers and we find out how can we get there and how can we provide those additional options. So I think those are the really important elements. If I'm starting from zero and going to a website presence um, is, is key. And, and again, just to, to reemphasize one note in there that I may have kind of missed is you know, you really need to um, understand the process and make sure that aligns with that web process. Because uh, if you lose that process or you have to change something, it's, it's a bigger deal than what you think it is. Uh, for instance, uh, damage waivers, let's just use that. Um, you know, for account customers, maybe those don't exist. How does your website handle that? How does it, does it know? Is there a rule or a script that says, hey, it's an account customer. We don't charge a damage waiver for this customer. Um, so there's a lot of, as you know, moving parts within rental. And I think that that's a really key component is somebody who knows rental, the performance and scalability, and then the integration with software. Yeah, I've definitely found that as well from a, like I've, this is my 10th year in rental now. And so when I'm consulting to customers or I'm working with people, like they realize pretty quickly that like I've dealt with other rental companies previously and I understand tip, the typical challenges that people go through. And, and that, that is a massive like point in terms of working with that certain person. Uh, because like you mentioned, like if you're dealing with a brand new person that's never worked, they've always been in manufacturing. You basically need to train this person on what is the rental process 
just 101. Like, and, and companies don't have time to like start from 101 and explain things. And I think when, if you can find someone that's willing to work with you that has the prior knowledge of equipment rental, that is someone that you need to latch onto because there's not many people out there that are like consultants or providing sort of service like yourself that, that have that knowledge. And I think that's a really good, unique selling point as well. I, I, I couldn't agree more. I think it's a, a huge success tool that, that you should be utilizing uh, as well. And, and gosh, it's, it's, uh, it, it's, it's a, just kind of a, a journey in itself, right? So every customer, and, and I like what you said about you know, a customer that has zero experience uh, or maybe they come from manufacturing or maybe it's uh, uh, whatever they came from and now they're in rental, uh, just that shift. And those, uh, I've been on so many Zoom calls in 2020 as has everyone. I see the, their, their eyes get wide when we start talking about some of these things about, uh, like I mentioned about damage waiver or, hey, are you going to make this a reservation or does it stay a quote? And the reason why that's important and the, the reason why you need somebody who has experience in rental is, I mean, case in point, when it auto converts into a reservation, that goes out of inventory. It's no longer just a quote. It's now adhering that to, and, and putting that aside for a customer. Are you going to allow for a sub rental? Are you just going to say, hey, every, don't ever deny a rental? And if that's the case, you know, what's your next process? Is it, again, a sub rental? Is it not? What happens? And, and so those are the questions that you really have to be able to talk through with someone who has some experience. Because if you don't, um, you're, you're really setting yourself up for a difficult road, road ahead. And I think that sort of talks to my next question around the integration back to your ERP system uh, or rental software, because yep. that, that exact example is really good. So let's say I do convert something from a quote to a rental contract and I reserve that item. And we've got a customer that walks into a rental location and they want to rent something and they can see it behind the counter but someone's reserved that online, but then they're not sure. And that, that those processes, if they're not matched up, then that can really mean that you're double booking items potentially. That's right. And who you got, like you, who you need to disappoint someone, like you're going to eventually That's someone right. needs to lose it. Or you have to go for a re-rent or something like that. So I think like you sort of touched on it before, but like how important do you think it is to make sure that when you are designing some type of portal uh, that it does integrate with your rental software? I mean, I think it's, the number one reason why rental hosting has done as well as it has over the past 15 years. I mean, I, and, and I don't say that lightly. I just think their experience and knowledge, but also what it does to help a customer through those processes. I mean, um, this is a, a plug for point of rental, I guess, but you know, I, I think from that side of things, having them as a partner with as much experience and knowledge as they do in rental, it's, it's, one of the most valuable things that I have within my, my assets. And, um, you know, I think, you know, the, the, the example that you gave with, I have a face-to-face -face customer and then an online customer and the face-to-face customer sees that the items available really touches on something that I'm, I'm working on right now, which is real-time inventory. Um, how do you account for that? What happens if Mark, you rent something from me and you don't bring it back on time? And I don't have another one. Somebody's getting disappointed. And there are some things along the way that customers, and one of the things we've been talking through with so many customers is planning that process out. And look, rental hosting will provide options around some of those, uh, especially in the future. But, you know, really, it's something that, that some people kind of haven't thought through yet because it's so new. As we've talked about, it's, it's been a slow adoption of technology and people just think, 
not in a negative way by any means, but they just think, hey, it's, it's a magic, uh, it, it's magic. It, it, it's just gonna solve all the problems. And there are, there are some defined processes and options that you really have to think through uh, when implementing a digital strategy uh, for your website and integrating in with software, um, like, like we've discussed. And so have you done solutions where you haven't integrated to a point of rental and it's just an isolated website as well? Is that a solution that you provide? We don't. Um, I, I know that Andre had done some things in the past with a couple of websites, um, but we're so integrated with point of rental and pulling in all of that uh, information from point of rental that we really haven't, uh, well, one, we haven't, we've had enough and, and leads to, to, to keep us busy for one. Uh, but two, you know, I, I think that it's just not our, our niche um, wheelhouse, if you will. Um, and, and yeah, we, we probably could, and we have talked about it. I just, uh, we haven't done it yet. And we've also, you know, talked about a further integrations uh, possibly and some other things too. But, you know, at this point in time, we're, we're trying to listen to customers because I think that that's where everyone's at in 2020 due to 2020 is, um, you know, understanding where the customer experience needs to be and how we can better help our customers. And if we don't evolve, we're, we're not doing a service to our customers. And so that's what I and, and, and my team have been so focused on is, is evolving rental hostings offerings um, to align with some of those new digital strategies and helping those new folks that are adopting that technology. Yeah, and I guess that's a good point as well you, you raised. So are, well, I think you sort of answered it, but are you looking at integrating with other rental software out, out there as well? Because obviously Point of Rental is one system that there is multiple around the world. Like, um, like is that something that you guys are planning in the future or have you done it yet? Like what's your sort of roadmap on that side? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm open to it. And uh, I think pre previously, um, you know, we haven't really been investigating if that would be uh, the, the right uh, take for us and, and if we should go down that realm. Um, you know, I think through throughout last year and, and the, just the, the week of, of this year, it's really interesting to me to, to hear customers say, hey, I'm not with Point of Rental, but I really like what you guys are providing and I would like to make the switch either to Point of Rental. Um, so they're leaving their rental company or software um, and going with Point of Rental. But I'm also hearing much like what you're alluding to, sorry for the long answer, but um, you know, I'm, I, I hear from people, gosh, I wish you would integrate with XYZ software. And so I myself uh, and, and rental hosting is open to the, the option I would think of, of possibly integrating with others. Now, you know, I, it would take a pretty good marriage uh, and, and some, some good things to, to, to kind of happen there, but I, I do think that we'd be open to that. With your experience in the industry, like how do you think that the equipment industry has changed over the past 10 years? Because a lot has changed. Yeah, I, I mean, I think uh, first and foremost, we've, we've talked about the elephant in the room, but digital strategy and, and getting a website that's integrated and, and all of that. I mean, uh, a lot of people just uh, said, ah, yeah, I'll do that later on. I'm, I'm doing fine now. Uh, I'm, I'm in a local area. I've got my niche customers. Uh, I don't need it. And now, uh, especially in the new contactless realm that a lot of people uh, were, were kind of going through, that's definitely shifted. Um, and so I think that's one. I think also plugging in, there are so many third parties that are involved. So it's not just a software company and a website company, but now you have uh, a telematics company. Now you have, I mean, inner, any third party that you may use in conjunction with that. And how do we tie those together? Um, so, you know, I think those are some of the biggest shifts that I've been seeing 
uh, along with that, uh, that buzzword of e-commerce, you know, and that's something that I think, uh, you know, has tons of merit and, uh, and, and is a big focus for, for us in, in 2021 as well. We're going to make some large strides. Uh, I'm excited to share some things in the next coming months on, on where we're going. So uh, I'm really excited about that. But those are the three things that I would point out. And I guess as we get older, we become wiser and we sort of reflect on, on, on the past as well. So yeah. it, it, if you could go back in time and give advice to your younger self, like what, what would you say? You know, um, no fault of my own actually may, may be fault, uh, my fault. You know, I think that uh, I've, I, I played uh, competitive sports all my life, um, big soccer player. And, um, you know, I, I am uh, very ambitious and, and competitive. And uh, one of those things is, look, the startup that I worked for and point of rental experience and those, those um, uh, kind of elements within my, my career growth have have propelled me because I've had to wear a few different hats. But the one thing that I would tell myself is um, sometimes, you know, we, we all get caught up in being on the phone, sending an email, being on a Zoom call, and just slow things down. And, and you know, it's, it's good to be ambitious. And I'm not saying that because I wouldn't be here today if I didn't have that ambition. But one of the biggest things that I'm working on right now is just to slow things down and just to simply have a conversation, hear people listen, instead of just, um, you know, assuming I know what they're about to ask and, and jumping the gun, but listen to, to what's being told to me and then uh, establishing uh, what, where we go next. So, you know, I think those are, that, that's probably one of the biggest shifts that I've happened in my quote unquote wise years. Man, I, I hope I can get wiser every day because uh, sometimes I wish I was, that's for sure. I'm, I, I always enjoy growth, uh, not just in a, in a financial side, but uh, personal. It's, if anyone knows me and, and uh, some that are listening probably know me pretty well, um, if I don't grow in every single day, uh, I'm not a happy camper. I feel like I can't sleep at night. That's great. That's such a great mentality to have. And I think like what, maybe what were some of the things that you've done to like help keep you motivated or maybe keep that right mindset for personal growth? Because it is something that like not everyone has. And I think the people that don't have it need to like, it's almost like a, an art form to like practice it as well. Some people just get it naturally. It's got like Elon Musk is just like beaming at all times. Like he's he just got it. But like, what are some things that I guess, like, is it working with certain people? Is it maybe listening to podcasts? Like, like what do you sort of do to try and keep motivated? Gosh, you know, I'm, I am a podcaster. I enjoy them um, quite a bit. And um you know, I, I'm also uh, no, no, no affiliation with this guy that everybody knows, but uh, I'm a big fan of Matthew McConaughey's Green Lights book um, and, 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 and that mentality. I've, I've been a fan of his and his uh, thoughts around success and uh, all of that. But um, some of the podcasts I listen to um, are uh, Michael Gervais' uh, Finding Mastery. And then another one is Rich Roll's, gosh, why does his name flip it? But Rich Roll's podcast. Um, and so, you know, I think in my early 30s, I started getting competitive with myself and you turn, you turn 30 and you start going, I'm not in my 20s anymore. I want to see what I can accomplish. And that, that happened for me. I started doing triathlons. I started really starting being competitive to say, hey, how far can I take myself and what can I do to, to achieve um, certain things in my life and to prove to myself that uh, I, I can achieve things. And, and um, you know, one of the, those two guys and, and the reason why I gravitate towards them is they were the ones... Finding Ultra, which Rich Roll wrote, um, was a big uh, 
book for me and, and reading through his struggles and how he got to be an ultra marathoner. And there are just so many cool stories that I've, I've read and, and listened through those guys. So I'm pretty, pretty loyal to those guys, um, different strokes for different folks, but uh, I enjoy that. And, um, you know, I think really it's just, you know, I, I've, I've had some questions too around this uh, and I'm trying to frame it the best way that I can, but you know, there in, as I've gotten older, it's become balance, right? Because uh, marriage life, business life, um, and enter in all the other obligations that we all have. And when one of them's getting all of your attention, the other ones suffer from that. And so I'm trying to evolve and, and really polish myself to be able to grow each day and whichever one that is, because I want to be uh, a better CEO. I want to be a better husband. I want to be uh, better at, at, at whatever I may take on. So I, I hope that kind of gives a little bit of insight, but I mean, I feel like my mantra has always been to get better every day. And that was uh, instilled in me at a young age with soccer, uh, as I mentioned, and uh, trying to be better than the guy next to me. And, um, you know, I played two or three years up. Um, I was, you know, 12 playing with 15 and 16 year olds. And uh, it's a really tough men mental shift, right? Uh, being in that development age. And, and being a lot smaller than those guys. And uh, I had to get better every day. Um, I got my butt kicked and I still continue to get my butt kicked at times. And that's okay. It's life. It's not all, you know, uh, roses every day. So uh, just trying to learn things and pick things up. And, you know, I, I will mention, uh, I had a great mentor uh, at the, the startup uh, that I worked for in Denver. Um, and uh, he was a, an Ironman guy and we used to run in the morning before we'd go to work or we'd go and, and hit the pool uh, at the, the, the gym and, and swim before. And, and he just kind of instilled some of those habits in me. Um, and he's a, a, a CEO of, of that company now. And so I just started to see some of those habits that were formed on, you've got to take your time and in order to be effective for other people as well. And, and, and also learn from everything that you're doing and, and man, manage those the best you can. I, 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 I caution using the word balance because there's never a, a true balance. Um, but um, that's that I think that is what we're all kind of trying to seek and try to get better at is just balance on all facets of life. Man, there's so much going on in my head right now. There's so many things I wanted to say mm -hmm. to respond to <laughs> that statement. Yeah. So yeah, the, the first thing was uh, back to the Matthew McConaughey thing. I, I didn't realize how motivating that guy was. I heard him on the Joe Rogan experience, I think a while ago. Yeah. yeah. I was like, what the hell? Like this guy's like a motivational speaker now. Like he's, he's obviously an amazing actor, but like he, he has like just taken life to another level in terms of like yeah. positivity. And like, I think he said to me, well, not, not to me, but through the podcast, I listened yeah. to it. It was like, he, he writes, he has a diary every day and he's always reflecting on his diary and looking at the good parts and the bad parts to like make himself better for tomorrow. Like just stuff like that, I think is just like quite amazing to see someone of that level of success doing those little things to make sure that, as you mentioned, like, like before, to maybe be the better version of himself tomorrow and stuff like right. that. And then the there's other another one. Oh, I'm sorry. Do you mind if I expand yeah, on that one, one sure. thing? Um, there's, there's another guy. Uh, so Matthew McConaughey, but also the Tom's founder, uh, Blake McCoskey, um, he, he does, he's a big journal guy too. And, uh, look, I'm not saying that it's the, the, I'm still trying to work on that habit. Um, I'm, I'm not, um, it hasn't become a habit for me yet. Um, but I'm trying to get a lot better at it because I see a lot of value in what they're saying. And when I do it, 
I do feel what they feel, which is it, it's not about just journaling what you, you did in a day. It's simply, hey, how did I feel at this moment? Did, did something not feel right here? And, and processing those thoughts and emotions, but then also um, seeing your accomplishments, seeing your failures. And, and I think that's a, just an invaluable tool to, to, to offer yourself. Yeah. And then I was going to mention, I saw a quote on LinkedIn a few days ago, actually. And it was like, it was talking about like fear of COVID and all this sort of stuff. And I was like, your real fear should be, I'm going to paraphrase this. The, your real fear should be that you're going to be the same person you are today in 12 months. Yeah. I thought that was yeah. like such a good quote. Like, That's amazing. Yeah. And I think that really talks to like all that sort of motivational thing around just trying to become a better person. And I think when you are trying to be a CEO, you are trying to get your next promotion, you are trying to like help your customer. If you don't have that drive, like it's going to come off and like, and you're going to see that you just got um, in sales. There's a guy, um, Josh Braun, he always talks about commission breath. Like if you aren't like really motivated and keen to help someone, it's going to come off as commission breath and you're just trying to sell to somebody. I love that quote as well. So just little things like that. Oh gosh. Yeah, I completely agree. And, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm a huge fan of that mentality too. And uh, one of the biggest lessons I learned uh, going back to what you were saying, maybe to my, my younger self is uh, the needier you are, the worse you do in sales. And uh, the, the more you, you're desperate and, and have that desperation, it's, uh, I, it, it, it's not a conversation anymore. It's uh, do me a favor. And uh, I don't know if that really is the, the best mentality, but yeah, man, I agree. As, as soon as I would have that mentality of, oh yeah, we'll, we'll just sign and we'll, we'll get that figured out. It, it wasn't the right approach, right? And, and we all learned the, the hard way. And um, you know, I went through some of those growing pains in, in early on in my career, but uh, gosh, you're so right about that commission breath. I, I like that term. I'd never heard that before. Yeah, Josh Braun, check him out on LinkedIn. He's okay, awesome. I will. Um, and then the last thing, I've got a bit of a list here of things that you mentioned because it triggered so many points. The last thing that came to my mind was around the balance side. So I think if you are being very positive and like motivating in certain areas, like so let's just take, for example, the um, triathlon thing. Let's just say that you are like achieving goals there and you're doing well and you're, you're focused and all sort of stuff in your triathlons. I think naturally you're going to take that same energy and approach in other things in your life as well. Let's just say that you're, you're focused on sitting on the couch and eating chocolate and having chips and watching the football and not doing anything. That approach is probably going to flow into other parts of your life as well. So I think when you are motivated and you are like kicking goals, like you're going to kick goals everywhere. And I think that's like a really simple like life hack that a lot of people don't realize. I completely agree. I, I mean, I fell victim to it yesterday and uh, I, I, I don't want to speak about politics by any means, but I think, you know, what happened uh, on, on January 6th uh, in the U.S. was um, uh, shocking to, to, the, to the world, none, nonetheless. And, uh, you know, I, I found myself sitting on the couch and watching this unfold. And yeah, I mean, look, it's important to, to have that knowledge and to be present in those things. But I just shut it off, man. I, I just had to shut it off. And I had to say, look, I can't control this, right? I, I, I just can't. And I can't exert all of my effort um, here. And um, it's also taken away, you know, 10, 12 hours of my day working. And uh, where, where's my wife? What am, what am I doing right now? I don't, I, you know, and, and so I just had to shut it off. And uh, you're right, man. I think those habits and uh, and, and being able to, to focus your energy on something that you're passionate about, whether that's travel on soccer journaling, whatever it is, 
then it's, it creates those habits that you can take into other facets of life, which I think is, I mean, it's again, invaluable. Yeah, that's awesome. So I guess you learn a lot of these things from other people and you did mention a mentor uh, already, but like, who do you think played a big influence in your career from a mentor perspective? Yeah, I mean, I think, uh, you know, the, the biggest influence that I had was uh, David Sharp, um, and, and he's the uh, CEO for EverCommerce and uh, out in Denver. Um, and he, just the way that he goes about business, he's uh, ex-military, um, you know, he's got two or three kids, uh, you know, wife, and uh, the guy's a machine. And I was just always so enamored with how he had positivity, how he listened. Um, that was a big thing too. He was just listen to everything. It was never like he was never too busy. You know, sometimes you go in an office and people are like, yeah, 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 I get it. Uh, we'll, I'll come back to you. And not one time when I talked to, to David, did he ever, hey, hey Caleb, I, I, I just can't do this right now. You know, he was an executive. I was a sales rep and I, he took me under his wing and would take anyone under his wing. It wasn't just me. Um, and uh, I think that that's something that I try to emulate uh, the best that I can because it had such a huge um, uh, result and, and created so many habits within my life. And, um, you know, I think he was a, a huge influence. You know, I, I, I do know that I learned um, a ton as well from, uh, from, from Wayne Harris at, at Point of Rental. We have uh, continual calls and uh, the, the knowledge and the, the, God, the compassion that, that he has and, and the, uh, he just, he cares. And, um, that's what I gravitate towards are people who are just genuine um, and uh, really good listeners and, um, you know, and, and willing to help, um, you know, service is, is a big thing. I, I think that's something that may have been lost uh, over the past few years. Um, and, and, you know, I think service is, is a, a huge component of what makes those two guys very, very successful. Yeah, well, I think that like Wayne Harris is a really good example because like he, he came from his family business in Oklahoma yeah like I'm pretty sure it was Oklahoma yeah, um it was and so like he was born in rental basically and so he's passionate he's got that fire to to, to make change and I think that's a really big thing and and the, the caring aspect like something that someone brought up in a I don't think it was a podcast I think it was one of my written interviews was they were talking about their mentors and they said that one of the biggest things that helped them from their uh CEO was the fact that he would call them every now and then on a Friday night after a long day. And like the person, he would pick up the phone, he would expect to like be asked to do the next thing. But the guy, the CEO would just call up and just say, oh, I just want to thank you. Like, yeah. th th thank you for what you've done today. And like, again, I don't think people realize how far that goes. Like Gosh. how much it means to people like to have a CEO call up and just say, thank you. I couldn't agree more. It's actually something that uh, I've, I've spoke with uh, a few people on, but um, you know, I, I, this isn't a, a me thing, but I, I see value in that because when I have gotten into a regular cadence of doing that and, um, even just saying thank you to people, I mean, it's crazy. People don't expect it. And, um, I, I don't know, I, there's tons of merit, uh, in that. Uh, and, and so I'm a huge fan of what you're talking about and what, and what that, uh, person was speaking about too, because, you know, I think we're all just trying to get through, man. We're, we're all trying to make it through this world and, um, to know that you're appreciated is uh, something that's just, uh, it's something we all need. That's it. All right. Well, so how do you define success 
And what do you think was maybe one of the defining moments so far in your career? Man, good question. Um, you know, success comes back to kind of what we were talking about before, but um, being able to be better each day and being able to provide servitude towards others and, and helping others. You know, I've never been uh, the person who is a, a me guy. Um, that's, that's, if I would have, I probably wouldn't be where I'm at today. And uh, I enjoy seeing other people succeed versus myself. I don't need gratitude. I don't need, not gratitude. I don't need credit. I, I just want to be able to help other people do what they want to be doing. And, you know, I, I think that that is um, something that is a success point for me. But you know, on a personal side, um, like I mentioned, just being a better husband, being a better person in the community. Um, my, my wife was teasing me the other day, but I signed up on, uh, on the board of our neighborhood association. So I'm trying to be more communal. I'm trying to, you know, uh, be more of an advocate for everyone. And, um, you know, I, I, I think that that's really important. Um, community is something that I'm missing right now, and, and most people are. And, and so that's a way that I can kind of tap into some of that. But you know, success to me changes every day, uh, if I'm being really honest. Um, but, you know, the most recurring thing that I have is just being better than I was the previous day. And uh, my, my defining moment, man, you know what, I, I would say, you know, January of, of last year, uh, being being tapped to be the CEO of rental hosting, it was, you know, there, I've worked um, some, some jobs and, and some startup jobs that, um, you know, I learned a ton in and seeing a dream that I'd always had um, come to life and, and be able to be in the position that I'm in was a really fulfilling moment. Um, now, fear sets in quickly after, but uh, kidding, by the way. But, uh, you know, again, I think that it is uh, one of those where it is a defining moment in, in my career. And I've enjoyed the, the challenge and uh, I've really uh, enjoyed seeing my team uh, succeed as well. So it's, it's been a fun, defining moment for me. That's awesome. And I, I think it's really great that the industry has people that have your passion that are on the tech side as well. Cause I, I, I do believe that there, there aren't that many people out there. Like there, there, there is a gap in the market, especially on the consulting side. I think it's um, it's something that the industry really needs to like appreciate that there's people out there that aren't working for software companies and aren't working for rental companies that are trying to make the world a better place in the rental game and i think that's it's a really big space and, and hopefully like the ara and all those sort of guys can back you as well because i think you you're doing a tremendous job i really appreciate that mark and uh man i'm i'm, I'm really honored to to be here and i mean that i've, I've listened to your uh uh your, your podcast in the past and uh when, when you asked if i'd, I'd join i was really excited about it and um, I'm, I'm excited to be uh, talking to you and, and uh, I'm excited to continue to have a relationship with you uh, as we move forward too. Perfect. All right. Well, look, I really want to thank you for coming on the podcast today. Hey man, thank you so much. I appreciate it, Mark. Please like, share, follow the Rental Journal podcast and I'll see everyone in next week's episode.